Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast where Chelsea have just lost at home to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Um, joining me to look back at that, as well as just the closing of the transfer window, is Jay Tomlins. Jay, how are we doing, my man? All good, thanks, mate. All good. Yeah, buzzing to be back on first of the season. It's always good to come on and talk to you, boys. So, yeah, I'm happy about that and nothing else. Yep. And joining him, Patrick Lawson. Pat, how are we doing, my man? Well, other than that result that we're getting into today, I, I can't complain. I'm absolutely buzzing to be on with you and Jay and ready to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as always, you've guessed, I get them to give themselves a plug. So, Jay, tell people where they can find you and all your stuff. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Uh, Jay Tomlin's FC on everything at the minute. So, yeah, I do post to YouTube, all things Chelsea. So, reactions, previews, whatever sort of content I can think of, I'll bang it up on there and then everything else. Twitter, Instagram, you name it, Jay Tomlin's FC. Lovely, lovely stuff. And Pat, tell people where they can find you. Well, first of all, Jay's fantastic, so make sure you follow him. And <laughs> and, and um, as far as for me, um, I do I do small match previews sometimes, mainly match reviews. I do a little chat with Pat segments, just whatever's on my mind about Chelsea. Usually after I've had a little bit of time to decompress after a, after a result and putting things in perspective. Uh, you can find me at at, um, at ptp underscore coyb, and that's on that's on Twitter and also now on Instagram. So I'm trying to start adding things to Instagram as well. So um, just happy to be on. Lovely, lovely stuff. Links will be in the description below. Right before we get into the Nottingham Forest game, there's a bit we've got to cover beforehand. So the transfer window closed. Ah, oh, that was not at all stressful at all. Not at all stressful. Um, right. Let's start with outgoings, because that's probably easier to go with. So, Bashir Humphreys left on loan to Swansea. Diego Moreira left on loan to Olympic Lyon after Moreira featured in the Cup midweek. Mason Burstow headed on loan to Sunderland after featuring in the Cup midweek as well. Um, Sturge gone to Peterborough United. Um, we've, Tino Andrews headed on loan to Portsmouth. Um, that is basically sort of everything covered loan-wise. Outgoings-wise, probably the main one, really. Callum Hudson-Odoi departed. Now, 
Jay, we don't need to spend too long on this. I think it's just a shame we kind of got to this position, but I think we all in our heart of hearts probably knew that we were in this position, especially sort of how after his loan last season, how that went. And again, just bringing in the players we did last January. Just a real shame with Callum, but it never, we, you know, that, that injury is, you know, feels cruel, but it's just that injury he suffered just when he was sort of getting into it in the 1890s. He just never really quite bounced back from a talented player. Um, just, I guess, a big what if. My my main abiding memory will just be him scoring the third goal against Juventus two minutes after recent made it 2-0 to make it 3-0. All three goals were scored by Cobham Academy graduates at the time in the game. I was with you. Matthew Harding was buzzing. The atmosphere was just incredible. And at that point, you kind of felt Chelsea were probably one of the best teams in the world at that point. Um, just your thoughts on, like, I guess, your favourite your thoughts on Kalman Sandoy and favourite, I guess, memory of him. Yeah, mate. Oh, mate, that that game was amazing. You know what? I thought about it earlier, actually. I thought about the the good times and that game coming to my head because um, I haven't been at the bridge in a little while. And yeah, that, obviously that was amazing. It's just yeah, it's just a shame about Callum. I think we all maybe expected a bit too much from him. A uh, bit promised a bit too much from everyone that was you know coming out saying about him. But yeah, I've, I wish him nothing but the best in the future of his career. Hopefully he goes on and smashes it at Nottingham. We don't have to play him for a little while now anyway, so that's so good. Hopefully he does well for them. Um, but just a huge, huge shame that we never got to see the best of him in a Chelsea shirt. Yeah, no, exactly. Thank you and good luck. Callum Hudson-Doy, incomings. Cole Palmer arrived from Manchester City. That was the sort of last incoming. Pat, another talented under-21 player. Uh, we'll get into his debut against Nottingham Forest a bit later. Just what are your thoughts on the signing? You play with, I think, less than 500 Premier League minutes, so he's got three Premier League. So he's not played a huge amount of football, but obviously he did start the season quite well. The City scored in the Community Shield against Arsenal, scored in the Super Cup against Sevilla, has featured for them for a long time. It's a bit of a surprise to me. Cole Palmer, I just guessed and assumed was sort of one of those players. I thought, yeah, he'll just stay at City for, for forever, really, and he'll sort of eventually... Grow and get into that team. Um, so just what are your sort of thoughts on the side? It is obviously another young attacking player we've got to get into this this side, and a young player we've got to another young attacking player we've got to develop along with the others. Uh, just your thoughts on the signing? Yeah, I think you started covering it really well. It's another young player that's still relatively unproven. I mean, he's he scored a couple he scored a couple goals. I think most recently he scored, he scored in the Community Shield and he scored in the Super Cup, I believe. Um, and so, so he has a goal in him and he's got a, he's got a decent shot, but again, you kind of said it three Premier League starts. Um, I think that just like a lot of the young players we've signed, it's kind of a wait and see. We certainly hope for the best. I mean, he certainly has a lot of great talent and there's been some good talent that's come out of, um, the, the city Academy. And, um, he reminds me a little bit of like a Phil Foden type and, um, but he's really, really creative and, but Again, you you, you kind of hope you kind of hope that the best of them wasn't like playing all playing in a Pep Guardiola side around all those players that they have at City, and in that I think he was flattered a little bit um, with his performances by playing around that much talent. So I I think with uh and and so of course at Chelsea we have great players too, but again they're all young players, so um it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But um wasn't I certainly kind of came out of the blue for me and um. Yeah, I mean, certainly certainly hope for the best, but I guess, think it's more of a wait and see for me. The happiest I felt, though, despite this Cole Palmer signing, was the fact that we held on to Conor Gallagher and Ian Martson. There was noise on Conor Gallagher basically all summer. 
that you know he would he would move on. He didn't. Ian Martin as well has stayed. Obviously, Marco Corella is here as well. You know, featured midweek. Uh, sort of maybe scuppered a potential low move to Manchester United as well. Uh, that was just a bizarre decision to play him there, and he is here. And, you know, then at that point, Chelsea accepted a bid from Burnley for Ian Martin. But thankfully, Ian said, no, I really want to stay at Chelsea. And that was nice. Just, Jay, just force that, because it would have been really, on Connors, it especially, would have been really disappointing, considering, you know, the important role he's had under Poch. But also just really nice that we've got these players. Actually, yeah, they, they want to stay. They want to fight. That was just really nice to nice to see. Yeah, for sure, mate. Uh, on on Connor, he's played every bloody game. I don't know why why you'd even consider getting rid of him. For me, I feel like um, I've seen a lot of like potential lineups that people want to see opposed to the, the what we're seeing at the minute. And in every single one of them, Connor's not there, and Caicedo is. Caicedo probably needs more time to bed in than Connor. Connor's ready. He's playing well. I don't understand this kind of weird like biasness against him. I do really like him, and I think. For me, having a player like him with the mentality that he has of loving the club as much as we, the fans, do, you need a few of those players in there. You just do. So he embodies that for me. I'm really happy he stayed. And uh, same with Matson as well. I think the Kukrea thing's annoying, but hopefully we just don't see him too much. Hopefully we see Matson and Chilwell more. But um, to to see them fight for their space, I think that does come from Poch a little bit. You know, we, We've seen Poch give Matson a few minutes in pre-season and now in the season as well. And I think um, he kind of puts that little bit of trust into him and they want to fight for that, you know, more of that. And I think that does come from Poch. It's good to see because, you know, we have seen over the last couple of years a lack of that. So I guess it is definitely a big positive that these players are staying. Yeah, no, indeed, indeed. And that was just obviously great news of the week. Chelsea advanced past Wimbledon in the second round of the Carabao Cup, 1-2-1. Goals from Noni Madueke and Enzo Fernandez getting his first Chelsea goal. The game was not televised. So unless you were at Stamford Bridge or you watched, you know, you could not watch that game live. Um, yeah, Chelsea, please, please perform better so we don't have to watch you in round two of the Carabao in, in August. But hey, at least we didn't exit that competition like a certain London team. But that's where we'll stop with the, the judge there, um, because, given how what went on today. Uh, other news in the week, uh, you know, and again, this is more concerned for sort of match-going fans. This, you know, there'll be listeners here who may not be interested in it, but I think it's important. Discuss Chelsea removed the ten pounds subsidised coach um, sort of fee for for away games. Just really poor from the club. I won't spend too long on this, but it essentially makes for a lot of people going to games a lot more affordable. Chelsea. They have a period, I think, in November or December when they've got like their way at Everton, Man United, they've got cons- like Newcastle, it's, like just games up north. And these like cost a lot of money, like train fares and all that lot, expensive people. Um, and to do this just sucks. And again, it also really is annoying when you see that they're spending, they're happy to break a British record transfer fee on players. So they have, you know, they've clearly got the money and they're also happy to flog loads of money on South American teenagers with a handful of appearances between them. But, you know, a, a subsidised £10 coach fee is kind of where they draw the line. That's really disappointing and hopefully that can get resolved. And obviously the great work of Chelsea Sports Trust, they have, you know, given their thoughts and hopefully something can be rectified there. Talking about more great stuff that the Chelsea Supporters Trust do, they have launched the Over the Line Mental Health Hub, a Stanford Richard Supporters-led initiative uh, in response to increased mental health issues faced by fans the hub offers free information advice and sources of support in a conf- com- confidential and familiar environment 
The project has been developed with support of Chelsea FC and Foundation as a way for fans to help fans. I think that is obviously absolutely brilliant. And, you know, people who listen to um, the fan cast and who have listened to this podcast before will know the Stamford Bridge, Dave, Stamford Bridge, Stamford Chidge, David Chidgey, uh, who is part of Chelsea Sports Trust, had a big part in that initiative. So big credit to to Chidge and everyone there. It's very important. And these are, you know, lovely things that we can see and things that maybe, you know, maybe will not get covered on certain, not get the coverage they, they should and they should get. So I think it's important that we bring them out on here. So that kind of just covered in general what has gone on in this last week. Let's get into what was probably... Well, it was comfortably the worst performance of the Mauricio Pochettino era so far. It was a dark, you know, it was a dark recall to to the days uh, of last season and just years gone by with just the level of performance we saw. Pat, I'll go to your miss. That was just such an incredibly flat Chelsea performance. It was incredibly tedious to watch. It was incredibly boring. And at no point did I really ever feel Chelsea were going to score. No, and... Um, Matt Turner had one of the easiest games he's ever going to have in a, you know, in a, in the Nottingham Forest goal. I mean, I think we had what two shots on target for, for the entire match, and uh, we just never really. They looked really comfortable. I mean, we had all the. It's classic of last season, as you referenced, because we had we had so much possession, but we really didn't do a whole lot with it. And when we did get the off, you know, the the odd chance, we couldn't even put it on. We couldn't even put it on frame, and it was. Uh, I felt like Nottingham Forest came in with a plan and uh, Steve Cooper, you, you know, implemented it really well. And when we, and I know we'll get into it, but when we, when we made mistakes, they punished us for it, which is what Premier League opposition is going to do to you. And I think it, I think it was kind of a lesson in the difference between a league two side and a Premier League side. And because we, we had mistakes from what I understood against Wimbledon, though I couldn't watch it um, that we weren't made to pay for. And in this game, we, we had a big error and we we paid the price for it. So it's um very disappointing performance. It looks like the team still needs time to gel, but the Premier League's not going to give you time. And it's 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 gonna have to be fixed on the on the training pitch and we're gonna have to get it get it fixed and get it fixed quickly if we don't wanna completely fall into oblivion, you know, like and and have similar feelings like we did last season. Yeah, no. Indeed, indeed. It was just so poor to watch really to be honest um obviously the goal we concede is just laughable just how simple like a simple mistake and then basically one through ball and they're in on goal um Moises Garcia and Conor Gallagher sort of have uh you know sort of a, a miscommunication there and then ball gets played through past Thiago Silva and there is Anthony Alanga to slot past Robert Sanchez is just a shame because on Caicedo, I actually thought him and Enzo in the middle together were really good today. I thought Caicedo was actually really good in that game, apart from that error. And unfortunately, when you've cost that amount of money and you're involved in an error that is that high profile, you're going to kind of get judged. And that's how the narrative is going to be on it. Because actually, I thought Moises Caicedo was really solid today. You know, he he was, you know, good on the ball, getting, you know, dribbling past people, etc., getting out. It's just unfortunate for that one error is going to, you know, be used against him. And again, then people will go, well, actually, that's two out of three games he's been poor and made a, or two out of three games he's made a, a big crucial error in. And that is obviously frustrating. I mean, Enzo Fernandez probably is probably really one of my only real positives today. Again, just his range of passing just sort of, you know, looks just so at ease, looks so comfortable, kind of just creating loads for us. He was great. Um, but Jay, that was just really frustrating. And obviously, 
we do have a chance to equalise. And it is probably, I don't know, the miss of the season. Like, unfortunately, that Nicholas Jackson miss is just going to replay in my mind for a very, very long time. That was that was an abysmal miss. Yeah, that was tough. That was really tough. I didn't expect it from him, to be honest. I think he has been one of the brighter sparks of our season so far. Really, really love watching him play. He excites me. This game, not so much. He didn't do a lot of the running in behind and the aggressive nature that I, you know we've seen from him. So when he had that opportunity, I was quite surprised that it didn't go in. Um, it, yeah, those misses are going to haunt us because, like you said earlier, it's the what-ifs almost, isn't it? Like... Yeah, it's just it's always going to be a frustrating one. But I, I think similar to what you said with Kaiseido, hopefully that doesn't get held against him because I think he is class and I think he will come good for us. I think he's one of the best signings we've made the, out of the lot this so far. Uh, just hopefully he mentally can recover from that as well. But God, it was uh, God, it was rough. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I guess Pat, the unfortunate thing is Chelsea did not play well today, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to try and sort of make excuses and say, well, if Raheem Sterling gets on the end eventually whilst crossing the opening minutes of that game and Chelsea go 1-0 up, it's a different game. It may well be, but we did that didn't happen and we didn't play well enough and we didn't really play well to deserve anything out of that game. Jackson misses a great chance at the end. I know we had 20 shots or something, the goal. I think only two were on target or something, which also says a lot, and they weren't exactly particularly great shots on target. It just... And we... Our inability sort of to shoot like we keep wanting to pass the ball on to everyone else and like give responsibility to the next person and sort of treat the ball like a soft potato it is frustrating at times it was just slow labored and boring but i'm saying all this but pat this is what frustrates me good teams they certainly don't lose that game and they maybe maybe find you know find a way to win it at the very least despite how we played we should not have lost that game because forest did not create loads either themselves Tyro Awani, you know, gave Thiago Silva some problems in the first half. I mean, you know, had some narrow misses wide. But we should not have been, you know, given how we played, we should not have been losing that game. But we've made a mistake. We've been punished. And this feels a lot frustrating with Chelsea and what we've been saying for probably a season and a half now. That we make mistakes. The opposition, it feels like they punish us nine times out of ten. When the opposition makes mistakes or whatever, it feels we very rarely punish them. It is just incredibly frustrating because... Even, you know, even if we draw that game, the mood's not great, but it just feels so much different to, to losing that game. It's just, you know, two losses from four already. It just feels just, ugh. Anyway, just give me your thoughts. Yeah, you've covered a lot of my thoughts. It's 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 really frustrating. And while I, I think a draw, if, 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 if Nico Jackson had put that in, while I wouldn't have been, like, thrilled with a draw, I would feel so much better than I do right now about where we are. And... And moments change games, right? So it's, I, th- I think that, I think that those, t- those little moments and those misses and goals, they, they impact what happens on the trip. They have, they impact the, um, the team chemistry around the camp. I think it, I, I think it affects the confidence of the entire team. And then if, if people keep missing those, then people are going to keep wanting to pass it off and not take responsibility. And that's something that has to change. I remember even if there was a little moment we didn't, um, it was after a win that when Ben Chilwell had a shot to had a shot and he tried to pass it off to Raheem Sterling. I mean, it's just, it's a small little moment that you don't necessarily talk a lot about after a win, but, it, but in a loss that, that those are the kind of moments that you talk about. And I think the boys just have to stand up and be accounted for. And 
I think there's, I think there's still other, mo- there, there's going to be other rough moments ahead before, you know, before it gets better. I'm, I'm not going to throw all my toys out in the pram or anything like that. I mean, the season is still young and there's still a chance to turn things around. I'm, I'm not, I'm not potch out or, you know, going to try to overreact like a lot of, like some people try to do uh, on Twitter and on social media. But I mean, we were given such a generous start to the season in terms of fixtures. It's not going to get any easier. So uh, things are going to have to pick up and um, I'm definitely frustrated by today's match, but um, we have to just kind of forget about this one and move on and on to the next one. Yeah, and it, it is frustrating because I did feel like Chelsea would get off to a, a slow start of the season. When I said to so, I didn't think we'd win our first two games, and we didn't. But I then thought, actually, after that, these two before the break, we probably would win, and we'd be going into the break in just in good spirits and good mood. And, you know, and now we're not. We are going to be, at the time of recording, we are going to be 11th, and there's the potential to slip down the table further and look there is Bournemouth way after the international break and there are still you know some kind kindish fixtures we've still got to play Fulham and Burnley there is also a game against Aston Villa in there as well but you even just look at the table and already there is a sort of a bit of a distance a bit of a gap forming between ourselves and sort of those teams in the top four or five and I mean you know you're looking at you know the top four or five and they'll be on 10 points you'd say set nine ten points and we're, we're sort of adrift on four. And even if, you know, say, oh, Champions League not necessarily the goal, Europa League or just game banging through it, you still just don't want to be playing catch up like we are this one time. There's no need to overreact. It was incredibly poor. And I guess we'll kind of just go into that a little bit more sort of with the questions. There's not a huge amount to really say on the game in general. It's probably best to go into questions because there was just so little to talk about the game. It was such an uneventful game of Premier League football. Jay, you've got your hand up. <laughs> I think that this is, um, you know, we're. It's almost like uh, I think because of the a few wins that we have had and the performances have been exciting, our expectations kind of rose, or at least mine did a little bit. Um, completely forgetting that this is just a group of inexperienced players, and maybe the recruitment should have been different. Maybe we should have got gone in and got an older head, or even we should have kept a few. But the reality is, this team is full of like children. And we should probably expect a roller coaster. And I think I've said that a few times on my own channel this season that this season's going to be ups and downs. We're going to have moments like this, moments like West Ham, but hopefully we're going to have performances and, and other times where we're going to be buzzing like a little bit like Liverpool, even though we drew that game. That performance was great. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that. I think we should maybe expect this. This isn't this is not it's not all going to be fixed in a minute with last season and and the work of the last couple of years has been so damning that we should lower our expectations almost it does sound bad but that's how i feel at the moment yeah by children we mean players under the age of 24 basically um that's the the younger than me um as the youngest person on this free man as the youngest free man panel on this uh on this show today yeah exactly um there is going to be going to be issues with with inexperience and as i said raheem sterling is the senior forward player and when you're bringing off Cole Palmer off the bench, Nani Madueke off the bench, Mikhail Mudrik off the bench, you're bringing on more young, raw players that are not proven. It's just a simple point. You think of Chelsea teams in the past, you could bring on one of Willian or Pedro. Whatever your thoughts on the two players were, that was just experience and something you kind of knew what you were getting. You don't really know what you're getting with these players. And there is just, I mean, I do look at it and I'm completely happy to, you know, put faith in these young players, but it's also accepting that as frustrating as results like these perhaps are going to be a lot more common than we'd like them to be if we continue 
with this and we maybe don't quite get the answer right. Anyway, we will go on to listener questions. First question comes in from Dan Hill. Four points after four games and already cut a drift of the top four. What's your take on the start of the season? Where did Chelsea go from here? It would appear it's clearly not the manager that's a problem. So what is it? Okay, so there's a bit to unpack here. What's your take on the start of the season? Okay, we'll each go on risk. Dan, in terms of performances, I basically kind of like what I've seen in three of the four games. I basically didn't like anything I saw today. Like, I basically walked out going, geez, I don't have anything really positive to say about that. Where even when we lost to West Ham, I go, I actually really liked that first half after we went 1-0 down. I actually really liked what we saw in were parts of that, but I really liked. I have nothing to say on this game that I liked. In terms of the start of the season, we are probably three, four points worse off than I thought we would be at this stage. Um, I didn't think we'd get off to an absolute flyer, but as I said, I thought we might have maybe eight points after our first four games, two draws, two wins. Uh, we've got one win, two losses and a draw. So in terms of that, it's a bit underwhelming in terms of points. So Jay, Patch, quick answer. Would you say you agree points-wise you're a bit underwhelmed at this stage of the season, four games in? Oh yeah, massively. I feel like today shouldn't have been points lost. Uh, even against Liverpool, we could have won that game. Um, so for sure, the points is not looking great. But like you said, performances are looking probably more positive than the back end of last season. So it's a weird kind of juxtaposition in it. Yeah, Pat, just quickly, points less than you'd have expected at this stage? Uh, yeah, I mean, and I would just say too that um, beyond today, I think that um, at least most games, we've looked like we've had a plan and that there's progress in place, which is something I didn't see at any point last season. So um, I'm still hopeful that things can turn around, but yeah, definitely worse off point-wise than I thought we'd be at this point. Yeah, and Dan, on your question, on my point, I might, who knows, I'll see what I can put together next week, but I might just have a little general chat about the season so far next week, but we will see. But yeah, certainly... I don't want to say I don't want to go overboard. It's frustrating, and I think ultimately, as Jay mentioned earlier, expectations were probably raised based on what we saw in that first Liverpool game and even that first half of of West Ham. But yeah, well, certainly to start the season, it's just frustrating. It is just a bit. Yeah, we kind of start. But again, what I would say to people is, and again, I've, I know I've used this comparison quite a bit, but I said this season reminds me a little bit of nineteen twenty, and obviously the league's a lot better, so I'm not sure playing like we did in 1920 would be good enough to fall. But we we had a slow start then in 1920 under Frank. We had five points from our first four games, and that included draw, you know, a draw to Sheffield United. I think we, you know, our one win was Norwich away, who got relegated. That's basically, you know, losing at home this year, probably a team that will get relegated. A draw to Leicester, and, a, you know, and then obviously the, the loss at Man United on the opening day that season. So in terms of, you know, looking to that comparison, it's not that far off. And I'd say what we've seen is, you know, as encouraging as what we saw then, maybe a bit more um, at points. So it's up. Where did Chelsea go from here, Dan? Well, we're going to an international break, which I think is good. I actually think it's needed. It helps. Raheem Sterling, obviously, the Newsweek, he's not called into the England squad. I think that's just good for us, but he's on the training pitch there. There will be, obviously, a lot of players go away on their countries. But I think that can be good. Hopefully that can get them some confidence. Ian Martin's been called up for the first time to the Netherlands squad. If he can get some minutes there, that'll be good for him. Just confidence-wise, hopefully some boys can get confidence with England, etc. Um, but where did Chelsea go from here? Dan, I don't think we should panic. I just think we've just got to be ready to go. Bournemouth is that first game after the international break. And it's just crucial that we get that win because, again... Winning is just not a common feeling that we've had at Chelsea. And I think once, you know, just we need to try and get these wins as regular as we can. Because again, you know, in sep- to come in September, when we try to reach Aston Villa away, Aston Villa at home and a Carabao Cup third round tie 
against Brighton as well, which will be which will be very very tasty and something to look forward to. But um, Jay, so just where do Chelsea go from here? I, just, I you know I don't think there should be any. It, today's really disappointing and it's probably a a setback or you know earlier than we'd have liked. But I don't think there should be any real panic at this stage. Today was just a very poor performance, and I guess it's easy to lump it in and just wider part of a wider problem compared to last season. But in isolation, just this season, that's the worst performance we've seen. I'm just going to leave it at that. What about you? Yeah, no, no time to panic. Keep calm. Like we've said throughout the episode, a lot of inexperience that are just going to get more experience every time they play. So keep giving them minutes, keep gelling as a squad, keep trying to work with the same players, get build up a core group. You know, we've got a lot of time this season without Europe. Um, so keep calm, keep pushing on. That's all. That's all it's got to be, isn't it? And I think as fans. We need to maybe try and accept that and not be too reactionary and too aggressive because if we do, it will only end randomly. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think we all have really liked Nicholas Jackson's performance in those first three games. Today was just not his day. It was not good. He got a silly booking. We can argue, obviously, that you know right, that you know Ryan Yates should be booked, you know, before that, and that you know that is you know kind of laughable that you know the booking that J- Jackson asked for is more of a booking than the supposedly than the foul made by Yates but by the letter of law it's a booking Jackson gets a booking that's silly he also is potentially a tiny bit lucky but there's an off cycle because he does sort of seem to dive in the box as well that would have been a stupid second yard to get he seemed to get a bit frustrated today I felt and he's obviously a bit rushed for that chance at the end but he's young I don't think there needs to be you know judgment as I said you've a final part of your question it would appear it's clearly not the manager that's a problem so what is it on posh day what I would just say is Please, please, you've got to be into the international right now. Please be the last time that's you you sort of have this Chilwell hybridy left wing role. It's just, he's just not effective in it. It's not getting the most out of him. And you kind of are going away from a little bit of what we saw in preseason. It's just a bit frustrating. But what is the problem? I've you know, it, it will take time for this group to build confidence, I think. And as I said, young players, young players in experience. How many goals are there in that Chelsea? Enzo Fernandez got his first goal for Chelsea in the week. Nicholas Jackson got his first Chelsea goal, the Luton last week. Conor Gallagher made, I think it was his 50th appearance or something for Chelsea today. But he's got three goals for Chelsea. You know, there's not exactly goals in this Chelsea team. Noni Madueke came for bench, got his second seat goal for Chelsea midweek, which is a penalty against the FC Wimbledon. Mikhailo Mudrick is yet to get off the mark. Chelsea shirt. So there's not exactly, we've got a lot of young players these are young players without goals. Like it's just sort of a situation. Like there's just so much youth and experience. We've probably got one of the youngest squads now. I believe Thiago Silva starting today boosts that average age up a lot. But otherwise, you're probably looking at Ben Chilwell on that pitch. Oh, sorry, Raheem Sterling, and then Ben Chilwell as, as the oldest sort of players there. Like it is a young squad. It will it will take time. And I think ultimately, the problem is just youth youth and inexperience. Like some of the decision making we make is frustrating. Malo Gusto again praised him last week against Luton. He's great. His crossing today was not on it. He just, you know, at times linked up okay with Sterling down the right, but he just wasn't quite on the day. But again, sort of young, experienced player, you know, forced a bit of a step up from Luton. Just like it's just young players, I think, Dan. Like it's gonna be an experience. You know, I said again, my main thing with Pochi just for tactically playing Chilwell in that role, but other than that. Probably, yeah, you're right. Not necessarily a huge amount on Poch. Um, and Pat, just any thoughts? Yeah, um, I wouldn't put it on Poch either. I think it comes down to there's been a couple of individual errors. And 
Um, while that's not the only problem, I mean, young players are going to make individual errors. I mean, they um, sometimes, you know, that, that lack of concentration that can come in with young players sometimes, it's just going to take some time for them to to build and try to learn from those mistakes. And and when you have a young team, they're, they're going to, they're going to make mistakes. And um, there's not a whole lot that Potts can do about individual errors on the pitch when they happen. Um, all he can do is like try to use those scenarios, you know, back at Cobham to try to teach them how to hopefully not make those mistakes again. But um, I'd say, you know, keep the faith in Potts. Um, I think he, he knows better than anybody that today wasn't good enough. And um, I think that, I think that he just has to solve that. And he he has an opportunity that that a manager at Chelsea normally doesn't get to have, which is actually time on the training pitch because we're not in Europe. So, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping over the course of a season, we're going to see a team that improves over the course of the season. And um, because we're going to have, we're going to have times, times on the training pitch that like a lot of the, a, a lot of the teams in Europe are, are not going to have, because they're going to have a game every two days, two to three days. So um Keep the faith and um, don't give up on this team yet because I think there's still a lot of good stuff to come. Yep, Dan said four points from four games. It's not the start we want, but you know, keep the faith. You know, we, we we've gone from amortizing players to amortizing our points to uh, now amortizing our goals. <laughs> but no, we'll just we'll just see how it see how it goes. Look, I'm you know it's frustrating today, but you know, and it was a bit worrying. But again, we'll see how we bounce back. And again, after the break, a chance to. Hopefully to get into it. Um, next question comes in from RJ. Incredibly disappointing indeed. Keen to hear your lads talk about Poch's start to life at Chelsea and what advice you would offer him if you could. I mean, it sort of links back to the first question there. I mean, I think it's I think just the frustrating thing is it just seems like we've gone away from what we did in preseason, even though like there are similar similarities. That, you know, he saw four two three one with Colwell at left back and Chuel left wing. It is different personnel sort of in those roles, and it is a bit frustrating. I would like to see him sort of just kind of go back to what we saw in preseason in terms of like advice i don't really have much to say to be honest because I, I, my main advice would just be stick to you know be yourself stick to what you know you do you know because i said one of my my guess bigger christians with grandpa felt he went away from what you know he knew and what he did and he sort of went away from being sort of brave and daring and potch with this sort of approach i don't know he just sort of seems to maybe gone away from what we did in preseason i'd like to actually see what we saw in pre-season there. So my simple advice, stop playing Chilwell sort of in that hybrid left wing. That's all my only real real advice to him. Jay, anything to add? You're on mute, mate. You're on mute. Come on, lads. I'm a professional. (laughs) Now, that would be my big one for sure. Stop, stop, stop doing this formation, please. I beg. Um, Because it just doesn't like, it doesn't make any sense to anyone. Um, so I don't really have any other advice for that. But on his start to Chelsea, I've actually been quite happy with the way he's carried himself, the way he, the way he talks, the way he is. I wish he'd wear a suit a little bit more. But other than that, that's just I'm, Jay's aesthetic choices. Yeah, yeah. The the tracksuit ain't a vibe. But I'm I'm overall actually kind of happy bar this one decision that he keeps persisting with. But I feel like now, after how bad it's gone, I'm sure he's going to turn it around. And you know, hopefully, it's like that Conte Arsenal moment. Yeah, indeed. While you're doing this, I'm just going to quickly check because Poch wore a suit. The Poch wore a suit. The the Liverpool on his opening day, didn't he? He did. Yeah, first game. And I'm questioning. I, did he wear a suit? The Luton. Wait, no, he didn't. You gotta wear a suit. <laughs> did he? Did he not? Because I know he wore a suit. He didn't wear a suit against West Ham. Nope. No, he did. He did. He wore a suit against Luton. He did. He wore a suit against Luton. Four of our points from two games are with suits, Poch. And the two we lost without. There you the go. Practice. There you go. 
Put a suit on. Put a suit on. Don't wear a tracky. That's your answer. That is the answer. Wear a oh, suit. Love there that. we Told go. Told you it makes a difference. Yeah. I'm the- so what you're saying? What you're saying, Nick, is it suits him? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like this is now the time where, you know, to use a reference, get Barney Stinson on singing to Poch about how amazing suits are. Just get Barney Stinson to sing. You know, to tell him all about. <laughs> tell him all about suits. Um, but yeah. <laughs> RJ, genuinely, put a suit on because we've got four points from the two games he's worn a suit in and none from the two he's worn a tracky. And so so there we go. Um, next question comes in from Dan O'Burgess. As I said last week, I will ask again to why are we playing this way, the preseason setup, this very slow setup to accommodate Thiago and Chile out left wing. He's clearly not a winger and yet it's being played there. Kills any people off as a threat from left side. Dan, I feel like we have kind of gone this. We've talked about Chile. I'm going to talk about Thiago here. I love the bones of Thiago Silva. I do. He is incredible. I just don't think it's worth against certain teams like today sacrificing or protect, trying to protect Silva like this system does a point. So look, I'm you know, and I said I don't think Silva in the four is you know as bad as people make it out to be. But I think this clearly does sort of offer him protection. We don't need three centre backs, especially was it the seventy seventh minute? We still got three centre backs on pitch when we're losing one nil to Nottingham Forest. Like you've got Colwell essentially playing at a left back at that point or whatever, but still, like it's just not. It is not needed, and I think ultimately this. My, my guess, I will elaborate on this question. Boys, will we go to a four back? Who are your centre back pairing? Because for me, I'm at this moment in time. I'm going Colwell and Badia Shield when he's fit. Quite like Dazazi. Nothing against Dazazi, but I'm not having him. You know, him and Silver would be the ones to to make way for me at this point, Jay. It's difficult. Uh, like you, like I love Thiago Silva so much, and in a back four, I like you said again. I don't know if there's too much going on. I'd probably go Silver and Colwell. I think Colwell's great. I think Colwell's the first name, first defender on the team sheet, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I'd go with those two personally. But if this up, if Silver does start to not look good in a back four, then I agree. Bloody Shiele comes in. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just simple. But I did think Tybo when he did kind of call Thiago Silva. I'm from saying look. Toa and Awanib was in great form coming into today as well. But I just do think ultimately, play before, like Thiago, is this his last season? Who knows? But like, just go for it, Poch. Again, just go for it. Make the more exciting, the more progressive forward like thinking choice. Once Badish has it, maybe that is something to consider. Because instead of this one, I do really like what I'm seeing from Levi Cole. And again, sort of just his passes away, you know, he can, the role he can get in, sort of helping us start attacks, etc. I think, you know, as Dan said, I was more, but Dan has said, I said, after, I think you asked the question last week, and I said, I think we won't see any change after the international break. Hopefully, after the international break, we get that change, because I agree, I do not want to see Chilwell in this, this role anymore. And again, it was also quite telling, but I think Chilwell has basically been subbed off in three or four of the games so far. He's had this this role in, so Poch also must be clearly seeing it's clearly not the most effective as well. So, you know, there we go. Uh, next question has come in, comes in from uh, JL. If we still can't beat a well-organised low block, there's only one fixture between now and the end of November. I've been a bit confident of winning Burnley. What must Poch do to stop this? Right, so I'm just checking that tweet. So I'll say, till about Burnley again. So Bournemouth away next week. I think Bournemouth, to be fair, I think Bournemouth will come and have a go at us. I don't think they will necessarily sit back, given the way they're, they're playing on their new coach. Unai Emery's Villa is up next, and they will hopefully play a suicidal high line, which we've got to try and exploit. They will cause us a lot of problems, Aston Villa. They're a very good side, but I think they will also give us options there, Joe. Fulham will be interesting. 
And then obviously you've got Burnley, then obviously at the end of October, you have got Arsenal and, and Brentford before that brutal November run of Tottenham away, City at home, Newcastle away. Um, so I do think there'll be more fixtures against, you know, a, a more than more fixtures uh, against sides that don't play a low block. But in terms of what must, what must Posh do? I mean, as I said, it feels so simplistic. Go to your four at the back for me. You've got Caicedo and Enzo in the middle, which I think are doing a good job. They are offering protection, even if you want to sleep. Or, and you've got Gallagher in there as well, buzzing around, doing his thing as well. Like, those three in midfield, I think, are doing, like, fairly well. Again, Connor maybe not quite his best today, but I still thought, you know, he was pretty decent, you know, putting a shift in around the pitch. Those three will do a job, you know, helping you, your defence out. And you said, and still, and that still allows Gusto, you know, to get forward or Chile to get forward, etc. And then just please, Sterling starts, Jackson starts, and then give one of Madrid or Jackson or Palmer a run in this side because you've got all these players and you need to develop them. And they're going to struggle to develop getting 15, 20 minutes off bench every now and then. You've got to just give one of those a chance to try and actually get some confidence and form into this side because it's quite tough when you basically essentially have two attackers on the pitch plus whether you classify sort of Gallagher and Enzo as. Then you're chasing goals and you're bringing on these players to get these goals. Just get, simply put, just get more attackers in this team, please. That That's kind of what, what I, that's my answer to it. It's not necessarily the most elaborate, but Pat, any thoughts? Uh, very similar to you. I, I'd like to see maybe employing like a, like a four, two, three, one and, and getting some of that width, getting some of that width out there. And, um, you know, trying to open up some of these teams. Cause I think when we play three at the back, we play so narrow and we and and we make it really easy for low block teams to really, you know, um, close up all the channels. And the players that we have, like a Mudrik, uh, a Madweke, um, these guys operate best when they have space. And so, um, if you can't, these teams aren't going to give you space when they play a low block. So the best that you can do is try to create space for yourself by getting that width and actually staying wide and trying to, you know, play that way. So. Um, I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to break down teams is by is by hopefully playing that four in the back. I know that's not that's not our comfort zone because we played three at the back for so long. But man, I'm 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 begging Pops to employ a, a four at the back and get some get some more attackers in there and get them playing more than as you said more than fifteen to twenty minutes in a game because I think if they get I think if they get that width and they can they can um, they can attack that space. I think we could see. A much different performance, but that's just my take. Yeah, no, exactly. I and mean, you also will point out that, as I said, Cole does sort of end up sort of playing that left back role quite often. So when we say four two three one, we basically just mean more traditional, actual left back as a left back, not your centre back as a left back, and you know get someone sort of in that an attacker in that chill role, basically. Um, yeah, simple enough. Next question came in via my friend Gabs on WhatsApp. Has someone put an African voodoo curse on this club since Sari? Every game has been the same for four years, I swear. I mean, honestly, Gabs, I reckon you could have put this game in any season from the last number of years and you would, you know, you could just pass it off as, you know, under any variation of a manager. It was slow. It was boring. It was lethargic. It just felt like it could have been a performance you saw in the Sari era. It could have been a performance you saw in the Lampard era. It could have been seen a performance you saw... In the Tuchel era, the Potter era, the Frank era again, and Podge, it's just a performance we've seen, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, even, I mean, Gabs, I'd even predate this pre I'd even say second season Conte. Uh, it was just something, it's, I don't know why, Gabs, it's annoying, it's frustrating, but at least you got to watch this, um, 
you know, you, at least you've had a, a more pleasant sort of viewing experience uh, than it, you know, than we did on, at least you were in Mexico Beach watching this game, right? So, you know, there's, there's worse places to be than, than that. But uh, yeah, that was definitely, it's definitely frustrating for sure. Final question. Now, when I saw this come in, I did raise an eyebrow. I'm not going to lie. This is, but we will answer it because I, I basically do what I, I, I vow to ask the basic questions that come in. Comes in from Tim Neuro PT. Robert, it's not even a question. It's just a statement. So I'll just see if we agree with it. Robert Sanchez, most erotic man in Chelsea colours. <laughs> <laughs> Jay? <laughs> uh, no, I disagree. It's got to be Chilwell, isn't it? It's got to be. <laughs> Again, it just depends what you like, really. Um, I should also say this is as as free, you know, straight heterosexual men, but you know, we we are we are confident ourselves to, you know, to talk about. Look, Robert Sanchez, he's a good looking man. He is a very good looking lad. On a general point, you know, <laughs> I saw the other day. Get Chelsea back having more better looking players. Who knows? <laughs> like, because you know, we have lost some good looking players in, in the summer or, or two. So you know, maybe we need more good looking players. Or well, maybe the answer is more good looking players, more pretty boys, and Poch wearing a suit. Maybe that's the answer to our, our problems. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is we need to very... be more attractive as a team. Exactly. Yes, more attractive in every sense of the word. In every sense of the, of the game. Of the fact, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, look. So, um, are we, are we going to build a Chippendales FC? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, Pat. Maybe that's not a bad shout. Look, <laughs> I don't look. I should state it's spelled erotic with three R's, and I'm not sure if it's a typo and it's meant to be erratic. But I'm taking this question literally as you've meant erotic because that's how I want to answer this question, Tim Nero PT. Um, he's a good-looking lad, is Robert Sanchez. You know, there are some some good-looking boys on this Chelsea team, but you know, genuinely, like, yeah, the, the general attractiveness of this Chelsea team has probably gone down a level from previous seasons. But yeah, Robert Sanchez, sure, sure. You know, he's a good-looking lad. Feel confident, feel feel confident, feel feel brave in yourself to say, yeah, feel absolutely confident in your views. He's, he's a good-looking lad, is Robert Sanchez. Um, on that note, that's stupid, <laughs> stupid, silly note to, to end the show. Um, good way to end it. It is a great way to end it. Um, I want to thank Jay for coming on. And Pat for coming on before you go, give yourself on us by Jay, tell people where they can find you. Thanks, mate. No, thanks for having us on. You know what? This is always fun doing this because you kind of like you talk about how rubbish it was, you have a laugh, and you can kind of forget about it now. And the rest of the weekend's fine. So thank you, lads, for letting me do that. Uh if you want to check me out, Jay Jay Tomlin's FC on everything, uh, mostly YouTube. And Pat, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, um, Nick, thanks for letting me come on again. And Jay, great being on with you, my man. And um, yeah. Again, it, it is kind of something that um, it, it's therapeutic for me to kind of talk about it, and, and like like Jay said so well, and just kind of getting it out there, and then you can kind of go on and you know go out and do something that you enjoy afterwards, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. But you can find me on um, on Twitter at it's at ptp underscore coyb, same handle on on Instagram, and uh, if if you just I, I love to talk to anyone that loves this club, and so let's. Um, if you want to give me a follow, that's where you can find me. Lovely, lovely stuff. As for us, we're on Twitter or X of Pod, Instagram of Uh We're on Fred's. Yeah, I know it's no one uses it, but hey, we've got about eighty followers on there. If you want to, if you're on there and you want to hop on uh, when I do put up, um, yes, yeah, so any likes and reposts are appreciated. If you've enjoyed the show, and hey, if you if you've liked our, our our deep our deep dive analysis, but Poch needs to wear suits to to bring success to Chelsea, and but Robert Sanchez is is a very good looking man. Um, <laughs> please leave a five star rating and review. It does go a long way. Look, it's the international break now. There may be an episode next week. I've got to see. Um, but until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag flying. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.